your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo and Zach coming at you with sets and things flapping their wings this on. Takes, uh, they can feel like bathing suits. What they, you know, what they... <laughs> Finish it up. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take them off. What the hell? What, what they show is, is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So... <laughs> The presenting sponsor for today's episode of Birds with Friends is Visa, a network working for everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, a post-game pod. It is 11.07 p.m. We are live on YouTube, although most of you will be listening to this uh, in your ears later. Who knows? Maybe you don't want to hear anything about this game, but I feel like uh, I feel like you do. The Eagles falling 17-11. to to the San Francisco 49ers, a first half in which it seemed like they were the better team, and yet they squander a bunch of opportunities, go down 7-3 at halftime, and uh, are not able to claw their way back despite a few uh, chances to do so late, a couple costly penalties, a few self-inflicted wounds, and the big headlines, an injury to Brandon Brooks at right guard. He was replaced by Landon Dickerson. We're not sure how long he'll be out, but he will be out for presumably some time. And the big one, uh, what has been reported as a season-ending Achilles injury for Brandon Graham. Uh, So uh, a sad day for the Eagles, a tough day for the Eagles. Adversity strikes Nick Sirianni for the first time. Zach Berman Adversity strikes you because it is late. You are tired. How are you doing? Well, this is not adversity. I am doing well. Uh, excited for this podcast. That was some hard sell you put on, by the way, saying, I don't know if anyone's going to want to listen to this, right? You know, I don't know. People, Some people, like they want to they flush it away. They don't want to listen to a, a no, uh, you know, they, talk about an Eagles loss. We're here not just to talk about the loss, but but to really put it in perspective, right? Yeah, to spin it forward. Every... Every week is a story, is a chapter in the season. Uh, this is every, se- every, every week is a season, as you say. Every week is a season, especially in Philadelphia. So, uh, looking forward to digging into this one. Uh, there's there's a lot between the decisions, between the injuries, between the ramifications. Um, there's there's much to discuss. All right. Uh, so. Should we sort of play it through how the game went? Should we? Lead with the failed Philly special. What do you think? Well, I actually think we should lead with the Brandons, right? Because the okay, let's lead the, with the Brandons. The the biggest uh, takeaway from this game will be, and, and I I haven't read what you wrote yet, but I, I know you you wrote about it. Is that these these two? Well, well, frankly, two of the best players on the team. But we spoke all off season the strength of the Eagles. It's the they line can stay healthy. They can stay healthy on the line. Yeah. And if and you know they're counting on these older players, can they stay healthy? Well, week two, uh, two of those guys down. We don't know the extent yet of Brooks's injury, but just playing amateur doctor from the press box, uh, it's not good when they're holding the arm steady when you know when they walk off the field, right? So uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, I think you're right. That's probably the the right place to start. So uh, let's start with Brandon Brooks, and and like you said, like you know. As long as they stay healthy on the lines, you know, they have a chance to be really good. Uh, of course, that was never going to happen, you know, on both sides of the ball with with the team as constructed. You've got so many guys over the age of 30. Um, injuries were inevitable. But the Brooks injury especially is one that, you know, if the Eagles aren't able to handle, that's on them. Because uh, the, the, the way that they built this roster... You have Landon Dickerson. You use a second-round pick on this guy who is who is basically there to make sure that one injury to the interior offensive line is not going to be uh, decapit- debilitating, right? Like, he's there, and he was ready to play this game. It would be horrible if it was decapitating. Decapitating would be tough. Um <laughs> And he, that would be a new low. He played. He played red guard for for Brooks. Came in right away. Um, and I I wasn't only watching him. It seemed like there were a couple blocks that he missed. He's no, he's no Brandon Graham. Uh, there were a couple short yardage plays that it seemed like got blown up on the right side. But I'm not so sure 
uh, if if that was his fault. I'll, I'll rewatch that. But you know, he's he's there. He should be there. Not that Brandon Brooks is not you know an All Pro and and a great guy and a great player. But if they can't withstand that loss with a second round pick in Landon Dickerson, you know that's their own fault. Um, so just just on the offensive line, like you never want to see a guy go down. But if like one of your best players was going to go down, that's probably the one that you wouldn't you you wouldn't mind as much. I don't know. Brandon Brooks is an elite player. Of course so, he is. So there's a delta, you, you know, no matter what there. But no, I agree. And I I thought back uh, when I I see Landon Dickerson his first game running out there to be with the starters because Brooks goes down. I'm reminded of uh, of that Joe Douglas expression, which I believe he got from Ozzie Newsom. Which, uh, which is, you know, today's luxury pick is tomorrow's necessity, right? Or today's luxury is tomorrow's necessity. And that's absolutely the case. They're going to need Landon Dickerson here. They're going to need him to be better than kind of the replacement level that they, were, that they got last year. Um, because if they're going to be good this year, they need better than replacement level uh, at, at offensive line. So curious to see that. Uh, and, and then I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but the Brandon Brooks thing, Oh, I'm sorry. The Brandon Graham thing. It's 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 similar in that they have they have the depth. If you're gonna lose someone at any spot on the Eagles' defensive end, is is theoretically where they're deepest. However, there's he's such a valuable player. He's so valuable in the locker room that um, you don't want to test your depth in this situation. I think that's right. And it, again, you know, this roster is built theoretically to be able to withstand the Brandon Graham injury. You've got Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett, mm-hmm. who both uh, took more snaps on the left side this summer than we've ever seen them take before, so p- potentially preparing them for that. Uh, I would imagine that that both of them will play a few more snaps than like the 50-50 proposition we've seen from them over the first two games. You signed Ryan Kerrigan to uh, you know be able to be ready for something like this. Now, Ryan Kerrigan, through two games, zero tackles, zero quarterback hits, so he has been completely absent from the stat sheet in two games uh not a great start for another nfc east signing by the eagles but you know theoretically he should be able to do uh, do a little bit more than that and also milton williams who has played defensive tackle the first two games but spent a lot of time at a left defensive end over the course of the summer so i think between all of that they should be okay uh you know you 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 go from the ceiling of having one of the best defensive lines in the league to you know maybe a little bit lower than that, but you, you should be able to withstand it. Um, but who knows what the impact is in the locker room? Uh, you know, obviously this is a guy who is as beloved a player on the team as there is. And, and as Alex Singleton said, certainly going to make things uh, a little bit quieter for opposing offenses uh, before the snap. Yeah. Just uh, a quick, I, I don't want to say kind of behind the scenes because it was on camera, but I've, I've covered Fletcher Cox now for 10 seasons, right? Since, since 2012, have spoken to him after a lot of games, uh, have never – now, he wasn't, like, bursting into tears, right? But I've never seen him as emotional, after, especially after a regular season game, but but certainly after a game, than when he was describing not having Brandon Graham out there. And you think they've played next to each other now for, for 10 years. There was, you know, those years. first few years, by the way, Fletcher Cox was in the lineup. Brandon Graham was kind of a backup during that time. But he was really since the sixth year on the team. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But, but really since, you know, 2016, uh, he's been, he's been next to Fletcher Cox here. So, uh, it, yeah, that, that's, that is a tandem and that tandem's broken up now. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. But like we said, you know, they gave Josh Sweat that extension yesterday. Derek Barnett, a first-round pick, and we'll get to Derek Barnett later because I went back and that penalty was egregious, egregious. But um, I've never seen you uh, get on anybody more. It's part of, you know, it's part – congratulations, by the way, on the on the Josh Sweat extension. I know that's a big day <laughs> for you and your family. Uh, but it, it, it's like as as Josh Sweat's star rises, you only want to dig, dig, and pile more dirt on, on, on Derek Barnett. But I I like Derek actually. I there's no dirt to pile on. But I mean that penalty there, and, it was and again I, I it, it was, was awful. yeah. I mean it's inexcusable. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that in a bit. We should we get into? The but listen, decisions? it's also like Joshua. Joshua needs to step up now, right? Like absolutely. You know this absolutely. is what you're paying him for. Um, 
he needs to he needs to turn things up a little bit. So we'll 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 see how that goes. Um, okay, let's 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 go through uh, the arc of the game a little bit because the Eagles' defense starts great. Uh, three straight three and outs for the 49ers on offense. Uh, the defense is flying around. Uh, the defensive line is dominating. And the offense is looking okay. You know, they they, uh, they they take a big shot downfield on the first possession to Devontae Smith, way downfield. And uh, that was the big thing on offense in this game, was a totally different offensive game plan than last week. So whereas last week, the Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts was uh, the, the had the lowest average intended air yards of any quarterback in the league. I think it was 3.7. You know, they're taking short passes. They're taking what the uh, cushiony Falcons defense is giving them, moving the ball down the field that way. In this game, they took a bunch of shots downfield. Jalen Hurts had the longest, uh, deepest average yards, uh, average air yards of any quarterback in the league this season. It was over 14. He threw seven passes. Uh, longer than any of the passes he threw last week and uh, only completed one of them and should have been two. Uh, the one he completed was a, a 91 yarder to Quez Watkins, which we can get to. The one he didn't was the touchdown to uh, Jalen Rager. But it, it seemed like a, a couple of these people, people were getting on him for underthrowing a couple of the mm-hmm. really deep ones. Yeah. And to me, the lesson on those was not that he underthrew those, but the ones that he underthrew were the ones that he didn't get out on time. It seemed like he got out. He got that ball out a beat late, and that to me was was a lesson more more so than like you know can he throw the ball far enough? Because I think we've seen that when he gets the ball out at the top of his drop, it's it's a a much more accurate ball. I'm I'm sorry if I uh, if 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 my head's swiveling. The You're, game is not in my line of vision right here. And yes, yeah, so it uh, looks like the chiefs just fumbled the game away. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's just toward to, my just left. To so I, that's bit. why yeah. I'm, that's why I'm turning, but I, I did hear everything you said. I, I, I was certainly listening and yeah, no, anytime you say I was certainly listening, that's an easy tell that you were not listening. <laughs> no, I, I, I felt bad deviating the icon or not maintaining the eye contact, but this, this was like a crucial development in this game here. Uh, <laughs> in any event, uh, Most of the listeners I, are already aware. I I thought, uh, yeah, I I thought he could have put a little more on the ball, but it, you know the ball placement matters, right? I I thought that uh, on, I only on some of those sorry. passes on some of those passes, you, you know, put it in a position where either he catches it or it's or it's over his head and, and it's incomplete. Like I, I I know there's a school of thought if you underthrow him, he can come back to it. A, there's a better chance of drawing pass interference, but but uh, there were plays there, particularly with the Devonte Smith one, where where he he had his man beat. Yeah, he, like put it in front of him, let him accelerate underneath it. We saw you know the the uh, that great deep ball that he had last year to Deshaun in the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. He just he just threw that as far as he could and, and like. But again, that Deshaun was like his initial it. read. He got that ball out yeah. quickly. He got it out on time. Yeah. And I think the the one to Devonte. There was the one later in the game to Jalen Rager. Both of those he like he should have thrown farther. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't. It wasn't good ball placement. But I think it it to me it's more about that he didn't get it out when he should have gotten it out. So um, he was late on it. Yeah. He was late on it, okay. and and as such, like he didn't he didn't he didn't have the the, the right juice on it. Um, but yeah, like that Devonte one, he should have put it deeper into the end zone, and and there's a chance Devonte goes up and makes that play. Um, so anyway, the Eagles are like they're dominating this game through a quarter and a half. Dominating, absolutely, absolutely dominating. Uh, at one point, it was like you know something like 160 yards gained to like 30 or something like that, and it was it was still just three nothing, and. Obviously, uh, the big plays here were they're up, they're up three nothing, and they've got a third and short, and this is the play where Brandon Brooks gets injured, uh, and Miles Sanders takes a big loss, which takes them out of uh, range for Sirianni to probably go for it on fourth down. Now, did you think he still should have gone for it on fourth and three? Well, I I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt you there, but we should probably go back. A play, right? Because oh yes, they they have a touchdown to Jalen Rager that right. puts them up ten nothing. Yeah, second to last play of the first quarter. And and look, Rager. I mean, credit to him in in that he 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 did a good job getting open. But discredit to him, you can't step out of bounds there. And and Nick Sirianni 
I thought gave a really good answer. You asked him the question. He was he was fairly honest about it. Yeah. He said like you know you you need to have a, a little more cushion against the sideline there. So if he does bump you, you don't step out of bounds. Like that's that's how they teach the route to be run um, because that that was a costly error that took points off the board. He said like. He told the official, "Good job, right?" Because that was the which right is a call. little, almost a little too much. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a little too much. But but you That's and I were sitting next to each other at the yeah. game, and and like we were saying, you know, he was he was out of bounds, right? Yeah, you like and that. I said right away, like right away. What are they doing? He's out exactly. of bounds. Exactly. Um, and uh, and so I was I was curious that that wasn't looked at like sooner. Um, but uh, you know, the extra point. The special teams group went onto the field, and um, and that's when they looked at it. So yeah, so it, points come off the board there, and then uh, like you were saying, uh, uh, you know, then they were in that that second down, then third down situation. Well, it's a tough thing with Rager, right? Because we've seen him in the past, like not fight through contact and just sort of like look for a flag in that situation. Yeah. So on the one hand, you're glad that that like that that was how the play worked out. Like he was able to fight through the contact and, and make the play. On the other hand, as you said, like he didn't, he, he he was too wide in his route to begin with. And that meant that he didn't have enough room to operate once he did get bumped a little bit. So, um, you know, a little bit of a good thing, a little bit of a bad thing. And, and he, he ended up playing uh, the majority of the snaps uh, as the second wide receiver over Quez Watkins, which, which we can talk about too. But um, so, yeah, so, that touchdown gets taken off the board. You know, it looks like it's going to be 10 nothing. Instead, they line up for a field goal. And would you have gone for that, fourth and three? I would have, yes. Okay. I, and I, and I, I said it at the time. You did. Yeah. I understood it, especially with the Brooks injury. Like, maybe, maybe there's some uh, some hesitancy because you're, you're sending in Dickerson for his first snap on fourth and three. I could see that. Um, I probably would have gone for it, too. But... I'm less. I think I was less uh, gung ho about it than you were, just because of that situation. But then I'm the going field- for any, um, you know, a fourth down, three yards and in on I the opponent's too. side of the field. Push comes now, too, unless un- unless you need the field goal. You know, it's a it's a one point game, two point game. You're in the fourth quarter, but otherwise, yeah, I am. I'm going for it, trying to get seven instead of three. Well, and listen, like their short yard their short yardage offense has not been good. So you do have to you do have to factor that in to consideration. Um, you know, they got blown off the ball on a couple uh a couple runs in short yardage today. You know, they had for, we'll get to it. They had first and goal from the one and weren't able to punch it in and that led to that silly silly how about silly special? Is that good? Instead of I like that. Special, I wish I put special. that in my story. Yeah. Um so we can get to that. But so that that field goal gets blocked and so it goes from 10 nothing to 3 nothing. And uh, they end up getting the ball back after the 49 after the 49ers drive, and this is when the game really changed. They hit Quez Watkins from the three yard line on a bomb, a beautiful pass, a beautiful uh, yep. job by Quez Watkins, uh, 91 yards. But he doesn't get in. You know, he gets caught by Jaquaski Tart, and from there, they get a they get a pass interference on Devontae Smith that sets them up first and goal on the one, and they can't punch it in. Uh, it's like a pass to Ertz. A, a stuff of uh, Miles Sanders, a big stuff that that loses them yards, hurts, scrambles, and then on on fourth and goal from the three, they call uh, the the homage to the Philly special. And Zach, you wrote about that, so so give us your take. Well, my ta- I have I have a few takes here. First off, um, not to sound like a coach, but uh, where where they cost themselves was on first, second, and third down, right? Like like we can quibble about the fourth down play call and it's entirely fair to do so but you have you have first and goal from the one yard line uh you true it shouldn't come down the fourth down in in that spot now he was asked after after the game why didn't you you just quarterback sneak which uh i think we're we're seeing more and more as a high percentage play um there were two touchdowns in this game scored on quarterback sneaks he said that they usually like to do that when they're a little closer in so it sounds like inside one yard line as opposed to on one yard line. Well, there is a difference between you know, like fourth and inches and fourth and one. Yes, but also it was first down. So like, yes. you know, you could do you it, could call like, it a couple, like two, three you know, times if you want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I I uh, I agree there um, that that's that's probably something I I would have done. Um, so all right, so 
I, I just want to establish that. Like the fourth down play is getting most of the attention. And I wrote it, and I, I didn't write this in my story, but I should have. You need to punch that in on, on the three plays before that, right? It shouldn't even come to fourth down. So so here you are, fourth down, fourth and, and goal at the three-yard line. And you have a dual-threat quarterback, okay? Um, Wait, which one? <laughs> your starting quarterback. Okay. Uh, and you take the ball out of his hands. And look, I, I you, you run a pseudo-Philly special, um, and it doesn't work. Now— some background here. Uh, credit from Nick Sirianni went to D'Amico Ryans and the 49ers for disguising the coverage. Right? And for being uh, so handsome. That, <laughs> that they they thought they were going to see something there. That what what they expected to see, they did not see. Right? So, uh, so that affected it. I'm sorry. Are we talking about one. Nick Bosa right now? I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, and so you see, because you said they did not see, and I just my mind went to to Nick Bosa. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> if it was eleven twenty seven a.m., I, I I probably would understand that joke better. But eleven twenty. It's okay. It's probably it's probably good that we don't linger on that. Okay. Okay. I, it looks like Marissa understands it though because she's laughing. Um, so anyway, so uh, they they run this reverse to. Greg Ward, um, Jalen Hurts is the receiver, uh, is a Kwan is Now, Williams, Kwan Williams yeah. stays with Hurts. So, Hurts is covered. Ward has has nowhere in front of him to go. So, he, he I just kind of I didn't rewatch. Did, did you rewatch the play? I did. Some people were saying yeah. that Ward could have maybe run in right away. Is that Was that your read? If the play was for him to run, maybe so. Once he rolled the pass. Okay. Like, then it closed in front of him. He right. had... He had no options there. Now he kind of like threw it out of the end zone, you know, as if there was another play after that. Um, but there was, I, I guess, in that situation, he didn't want to throw in an interception. I, I don't know. I, I didn't speak to Greg Ward after it. But uh, look, like all, like all trick plays. I, I said, look, I, I, I sound like Andy Reid there. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> or he says, listen. Uh, with as with all trick plays, when they work, they're outstanding. I wrote this that uh, you know there's a Doug Peterson has a book fearless and has the statue out, outside the stadium, in part because he had the audacity to call that play in that situation. Right, Nick Sirianni call it's it's a different scale the you know the Super Bowl versus Week Two, but nonetheless he he called the play in that situation. It didn't work. I often I've, I've said this on the pod. I've, I've I've written this. I truly believe that in most cases you need to separate the decision from the outcome, right? Because I, I think if you make the decision correctly most of the time, regardless of uh, eventually you're going to have better outcomes than not. Trick plays are different. You have to judge them from by the outcome um, because this is all outcome oriented here, and it was a bad outcome for the Eagles. Uh, it was probably not the play to go with in 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 that situation. Um, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth here, but an an argument we were or a discussion we were having when we were coming up was was he doing that in essence like pandering to the hometown crowd? I think he was. Which I'll, I'll defer to you. And I and and that's why that's why I didn't like it. Like it, it was too cute for me because I really like I don't think that if he was the coach of the 49ers he would have called that play like i think he was i think he really was conscious of the fact that it was his first game in front of the eagles home crowd and he was calling you know a philly special homage on fourth and goal um you know we've seen him uh you know he was wearing an allen iverson shirt he's yep. he's worn the philly stuff at press conferences i think that he is very aware of that and very. i think he was he was going for something there and i think i think that's a little, a little bit too cute for me. Now, if it worked, that place would have, of course, like, it, it would have been electric. Right? Of course, and, and, and so that's what I'm saying. In in this situation, you you need to judge it by the outcome and and not by the decision. It and, was again, a, and as you it was said, like outcome. you know, get it in sooner than that. Yeah, and you so, don't have to worry about it. But 
So uh, he said after the game that he would like that one back, right? That, but I agree. Like I, I wouldn't regret the decision if I were him. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't kick a field goal fourth and goal from the three. Um, but, uh, but uh, the play call, yeah, did not like the play call. Um, but I, I thought the first three plays was 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 more of the problem than than the fourth play. What I I probably would have done there is I, I would have taken advantage of. Jalen Hurts, although they did that on third down, but I, I would have rolled him out, given him a chance to either run or or, uh, or pass the ball. Yeah, you know what's weird? We haven't really we haven't really seen like a lot of Jalen Hurts sneaks in his six starts. It feels like I don't know if that's just that's true. anecdotal, but like you know that was like that was like you know Wentz's thing, and uh, you would think that Jalen Hurts, who is this very powerful guy, would be able to. You know, like would like to do those too, and we just we haven't really seen them very often. And it, and yeah, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is if you go back to training camp last year, which I I know was like a crazy time for us, right? You know, it was a weird training camp. We didn't know when it was going to start. It was there was so much going on there. But the thing also that jumped out, uh, yes, the thing that that jumped out about Hertz was how effective he was as a red zone runner. Don't you remember? Like he scored a touchdown mm. every time he ran the ball in the red zone. And I, I remember thinking like he can really be a, um, a weapon for them in the red zone uh, or near the goal line because of the way he could run the ball down there. So yeah, I, I thought now that third down play, you can argue, you know, that, you know, that was their chance for Hertz to run. They really didn't have, have, have much going there. Overall, I I uh, that was just a really bad drive. Sirianni owned it, right? He he said what you want a coach to say in in that situation, um, but that that doesn't put points on the board. Right. And um, in the so so then you know it's it's three nothing at that point. The uh, the you sort of you you could sort of sense at that point that the game was about to turn, right? Well, it was it was one of those things where uh, this is going to cost them in that you know they were dominating the game. Right. They had, and I, I don't think that the the Forty ers had converted a third down all game um, at that at that point. They By had, the way, I was listening back. They had the previous was, drive. That's that. That's why did. the Eagles were backed up on their three. I thought they converted the fourth down on the previous drive. No, that might be right. No, no, no. They had had yeah. I, no. They had a couple third downs. I think. Okay, uh, I would have to look that up. But anyway, um, go ahead. But a, a real quick aside, I was, I was, I was, I was listening back, evaluating performances, and I, I, I think that I make a little too much. Well, I wouldn't say a, a, a too big of a deal, but I think I mentioned too much third down on both sides of the ball. You do right? love a third like down. I'm, I'm, yeah. Whereas uh, I was, I was reading um, a few weeks ago Shields' piece about the about the Bills where. You know their trick to avoid to uh, being successful is avoiding third downs altogether, right? You're right. So like you're right. They had not like they had not converted a third down, but they had they okay. had they had picked up three first. Yeah, downs. they picked so up a first yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but they had not converted a third down. So so the Eagles were forced. So to that's a case where maybe you're focusing too much on third down. <laughs> too much on third. They downs. had still moved. Okay. They had still gotten first downs. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, so so in the, in any event, then. Once, like San Francisco was able to move the ball, you you had the sense that uh, those early drives were really going to cost the Eagles, and that's exactly what happened when they went 97 yards before halftime to score the touchdown. Right, and you know a lead they never relinquished. So that re- I mean that really was that was the game. Um, they go 97 yards, take a 7-3 lead, go into halftime, and the Eagles. Uh, well, I guess that's. During that drive is when the Graham injury happens, but we sort of already already yes. touched on that. Um, so into the, the, the big play, by the way, to Debo Samuel, who Debo Samuel, man, the he first is and only play over twenty yards the Eagles defense has allowed this season. Yep, yep, uh, and a huge one, obviously. So you understand why that's you know that's such an emphasis. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say about Debo? Was it about his butt? It was not. No, I was not talking about his body. I was simply talking about him. I was talking about his body of work. He is mm. a really good player. Nice. Um, you know, I'm like watching him in person. You can just see. Uh, mm, I know that's right. He's a, he's a really good player. Yeah. Okay. And it's impressive how fast he is, given how much he's carrying. 
Uh, I, and I then it looked like on the the, uh, the touchdown right after that play, uh, the touchdown to Juwan Jennings looked like uh, Steven Nelson was maybe responsible for that. He was he was wide open. They got sort of mixed up with a with a uh, a little crossing route there. So um, that that's that. Eagles open up the third quarter. They take that. Uh, they try to take that deep shot on third down to Devontae Smith. That one was underthrown. And actually, that was uh, there was a on that second down. There's a fumble by Jalen Hurts. And that one, they got very lucky. Um, and that was, in in a lot of ways, and and uh, somebody else said this, in a lot of ways, what we saw from the Eagles' offense in this game was sort of what I was expecting, uh, or what we were expecting the offense to look like maybe before training camp started, right? Where, um, like the big plays on offense, a lot of them come from Jalen Hurts' scrambles. Um, the completion percentage is low. I mean, he was twelve of twenty-three in this game. And he sort of struggles to protect the ball, and you know that was mm-hmm. a that was a fumble in the pocket, which you know you really want to see him avoid. So um, I don't know. I mean, like this game obviously was like so opposite in terms of their offensive game plan from week one. You hope that they can find a uh, a Goldilocks in week three against the, the Cowboys. Well, I I have to go back and watch the full game, but from where Fulgham I was didn't sitting... play in this game. <laughs> Full game. Oh, sorry. From where I was sitting, it appeared that uh, that they had Jack Stoll trying to block Nick Bosa on that play. Hmm. Well, at least he recovered the fumble. Maybe that's why he was out there. <laughs> no, but uh, that's one of those matchups you probably don't want. Uh, people were saying that they were talking on the broadcast like um, like Nick Bosa was dominating the game. I didn't. I didn't really get that sense live. Did I mean he was he was good. Um, but I, he wasn't like ruining the Eagles game plan. Um, and I thought my was, was okay. There were like, there was that one third down where he really did get pushed back into him, but I don't know. I'm curious what our, our listeners thought it. of, of the, of the broadcast. I had it in my ear for like on and off, you know, I, I, I would, I would take out the headphones from time to, and I, and then, and then I'll put it in, but I always try to like pick up a few, illuminating things in the broadcast that you can't see to the naked eye. I'm curious what the uh, what the listeners thought of the broadcast. Okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, so from then on, uh, it goes back and forth a little bit. The, both teams are having a little bit more success running the ball at that point, although the, the Eagles really did uh, stuff the 49ers up the middle. Um, although the, the Niners were getting a little bit more success when they were running to the outside to sort of negate, you know, what Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave could do. Uh, and then, and I think this is an underrated play, uh, or, you know, so when the Eagle, when the, when the 49ers in the fourth quarter go up 14, three, you know, Derek Barnett's, well, getting, Derek Barnett's. Well, real killed. quick. Can we go back real quick? Can we go? Um, of course. Just that. Wait a that second. Don't second interrupt tra- me. <laughs> no, I, I I was just saying you 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 jumped ahead a bit, and I just wanted to ask you your opinion here. The second offensive drive of the third quarter, right? All right, they they after the Earth's catch, they get to the forty yard line there, right? Yeah. So you're in essence you're in four down territory. You just need to try to get it to like first and manage, you know, you know right. or, or I'm sorry, third and manageable, and. Uh, they did not. They like so they go gain well handoff on first pass. down for no gain. Okay, and then an incomplete pass from Hertz to Devonte on second down, and then an incomplete pass to Rager on third down. Yeah, like that's that's a bad sequence because fourth and ten. You know, I I, I like being aggressive on, on fourth down. Fourth yeah. and ten is a tough one there, but but all 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 you're trying to do there is get it to like fourth and five, right? Or you know you know something like that. That was that, a bad sequence. You're right. That's a bad. That to me is an underrated sequence in terms of your play calling and your execution, right? You, we often think about these 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 big pivotal points in the game, but to me, you know, you're in the opponent's territory, you're driving, uh, you you have a chance to at least put yourself in field goal range. You need to get a few yards on those first three plays. Well, it's an interesting drive looking at it because the Eagles start that drive from their seven yard line and they go. 
Hurts scramble for nine. Sanders run. Sanders run. Sanders run. Hurts scramble. Hurts run. Gainwell run. Uh, so that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, runs in a row. Now, you know, when I'm charting, I, I count like a scramble as a pass because that's what they're calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, in the box score, it's a bunch of runs. So you think you're having success running the ball. Then you get the pass to Ertz for first down. Then you run to Gainwell and he gets zero yards. And all of a sudden you're behind the sticks. Um, you, you know, you're, you're behind script a little bit. And that pass to Devontae goes incomplete. And, and you know, all of a sudden, you're, as you said, you're, you're facing fourth and long and you got a punt. Um, and on that, after you know, after that punt, the 49ers drive all the way down the field from their eight-yard line uh, and get into the end zone. But I think, um, you know, Barnett's going to get killed for that penalty because he deserves to get killed for that penalty. Unnecessary, as you said. Uh, you know, Kayvon Wallace will talk about that play. But the Anthony Harris pass interference in the end zone on Muhammad Sanu on third and goal from the three was a huge yeah. play. Uh, it was. If he, I mean, it did not look like he needed needed to get physical there at all. Um, that's a that's a huge penalty because if if that ball's just incomplete, it's a four point play. It's ten three. You're still within a touchdown, and all of a sudden it's fourteen three, and that game completely changes with eleven minutes to go. So uh, I think Anthony Harris deserves um, a little bit of the the negative spotlight shined on him for that play. I think it's a little bit underrated how huge that play was. Yes, you are correct there. Uh, and, and, and now I I will kind of differentiate a pass interference from a, just a ridiculous personal you know a ridiculous personal foul, but still it's a it's not a it's a spot where you can't have pass interference. Yeah, but you have right? to think about it like Anthony Harris committing pass interference is just like that's just within you know that's just normal play. What, what is what you're saying, right? That Derek Barnett, Derek Barnett yeah. doing uh, that is not normal play. But for Derek Barnett, that is like that is just the way he plays the game. Like shoving somebody after the whistle is like for him the same thing as committing pass interference. But like the, the the ball was on the ground, and it's like it's Derek Barnett who 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 had you know the greatest like fumble recovery in franchise history, right? Uh, his like in, his instinct there is like who can I hit right now? Of course. Um, yeah, it's bad. But so we'll anyway, get, so the we'll Eagles get, get behind. Yeah. You know, they get behind fourteen three. Uh, first time all season, they've really like had to play from behind, and they go. Uh, they get a couple. F- they get one first down, and then punt it away. And then um, that's when you know the, those those crazy things happen. They're down fourteen three. There's about you know it's it's dwindling down between eight and five minutes, and it goes from the uh, unnecessary roughness on Barnett. And I'll let you. I'll let you. Uh, Get on your soapbox and get on him for uh, never following the rules. Go ahead. Well, my issue there is, look, the next play, Kayvon Wallace, that was a helmet-to-helmet play, but that was, like, in the course of of playing. Like, it, it was a foul, but it, 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 it wasn't, like, with the intention of being a foul. Yeah, right? that's there an unlucky. Was no, yeah, there was, there was no rationalization. Or justification for what Derek Barnett was was doing there. It was like after the play, it was away from the play. Like it, it wasn't like the ball was there and he was pushing the guy out. It was just, it was just, it was in the definition of the penalty. It was unnecessary. It was an unnecessary roughness play. Uh, if he does not do that, even though the the fumble went out of bounds, you're looking at third and fifteen from San Francisco's twenty-seven. Right. Instead, it's. First and ten from San Francisco's forty-two, uh, just just a, a costly error, and it's one thing if it's if it's like uncharacteristic of the player, but Derek Barnett has now been flagged for eight personal fouls in his career. Six of them are unnecessary roughnesses. So so these aren't these these are not like roughing the uh, quarterback where you know you're 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 going after him and like you're at just a tick late. No, these are unnecessary roughness penalties that, that, that he's been charged for. So uh, I I think Derek Barnett's a good player. I think he's an underrated player, but I I, I think he he makes foolish plays that, that no doubt. I don't want to say he hasn't been held accountable for. I I don't know what he's held accountable for. Well, accountability is one of the not. five pillars of this organization now. Yeah, like I'm I'm curious. Uh, I I and this is not just in football. This is anything in life. You you get what you tolerate, right? And Ooh, they have line. tolerated this. <laughs> no, they they have tolerated this 
uh, for for too long, and it it happens on a third down um, when uh, you know it, it was a game changing sequence. Justin Football would be a good name. Justin Football. Yeah. Okay. I've always loved the uh, the wrestler's name Justin Credible. Just, I mean, what a great what a great name. I I didn't know there was a like a since uh, since I was a kid I was like it's like one of my favorite word plays just incredible uh, but my only point is that like from probably like a win probability standpoint the Anthony Harris play was was a bigger deal in the outcome sure. of the game than the Barnett play because you're still down fourteen three sure. Um, sure. anyway then the Kayvon Wallace thing it looks like they forced a fumble um, and I know people are killing the refs to me that's much more of like a that's much more of a league office thing than the refs like if 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 the helmet to helmet thing is going to be as much of a of an emphasis you know point of emphasis as it is that's the call like yeah. you know it's unfortunate so it, it's ridiculous because there's nothing Kayvon Wallace can do there he's trying to go low and like the hit from Anthony Harris moves you know knocks Trey Sermon so that his head's even lower and there's really nothing Wallace can do but at the same time like that's a that is that's the penalty as it's written I think and like that's what knocked the ball loose so you can't you can't call a penalty and not give the 49ers the ball back that's not how it works you're right and I'm I'm reminded of I, I know I, I know you didn't watch much college football this weekend but I watched every I watched college one fo- quarter of the uh, big Princeton win over Lehigh uh, so shout out go. to uh, a very well coached group of wide receivers I want to look up his name again because I want to make sure. Yosevich, I think, is his name. Big, like, Honolulu, Hawaii pipeline uh, for the Princeton Tigers, got to say. Dominant work. Go ahead. Sounds like a fun recruiting territory, right? I hope Coach Flynn called that one as, as opposed to, like, Central Ohio, right? Um, oh, don't don't <laughs> knock Central Ohio for him. That was the joke. That was a joke for Marissa. I, that oh, was I a joke for Marissa. Northeast Ohio. That's right. Northeast Ohio. I think. That's I'm really I mean. bad at geography. Yes. But I'm no, you are sure. Northeast Ohio. That is correct. You're right by the lake up in yeah. up, in Mich- up up near Michigan. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it it's, it seems every college football game, at least once, there's a targeting penalty, right? And um, a lot of them are not, like, malicious plays. They're, I, I hate this term because it's easier to say than, like, to experience, but they're they're bang-bang plays, right? Mm. Um, and it's it's always, you know, to to show, like, a, a, a dose of humanity, like, it's, it's – uh, it, it's always hard to watch these guys on the sideline, these college players, because because they're they have to sit out the next game, or like they're ejected, and then and like they're just trying to make a tackle, right? There was um, it happened to Maryland, that, Maryland on Friday night versus Illinois, yeah, yeah the Auburn player in the Penn State game, but yeah, it, yeah. it's it's like um, so uh, Kayvon Wallace was was not trying to hit him with his helmet, but you know there's there's probably a a way you can teach it, but like Bo said, he was the uh, Trey Sermon was going down, right? So what he tried going low, and instead he hits the head. But by the letter of the rule, and he wouldn't have fumbled it otherwise. So that that part makes sense, but not to be labor point, they shouldn't have been in that situation because it should have been third and fifteen at the twenty-seven. Andre Yosivash, who had uh, two touchdowns, including a beautiful. Uh, Beautiful fly route and nice throw from the quarterback in the third quarter. Um, Wait, so then um, following the uh, penalty here, and and again, I, I don't mean to make this a play-by-play podcast, but uh, I, I don't want to come off as a Sirianni stand. Uh, I, I I have no objection to using your timeouts there. Was was that? A oh, thing? neither do like, I. What, was, is yeah, that that, some people that, were questioning that. I have no. Yeah, I think that's the right move. Yeah, like it extend the game. Right. You know, I I I know they're going to treat the play clock differently uh, with five minutes to go than with say say two minutes to go. But what you're trying to do is exactly what happened there. You're you're trying to get the ball back. You're trying to score quick, and you're yeah. Right, so they got exactly I what no they wanted. Like they scored exactly. a touchdown. They had a chance to stop the 49ers and get the ball back, and they couldn't do it. Um, and we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, okay. I th- I, th- I thought that was fine. Okay, good. Um, uh, yeah, because I, I, I saw 
you know, Sirianni was asked about it, and I, mm. I, I had no objection to using your timeouts in that spot. Zach, we are like towards the end of the podcast, and uh, Marissa has reminded me that we need an ad break. So uh, <laughs> let's let's throw that bad boy in before we get to the end of the game. All right, we're back on Birds with Friends, and uh, let's uh, get to the end of the game. Uh, so where were we, Zach? Well, they just uh, – it was after the Kayvon Wallace play. They used their timeouts. Uh, so There's some Dave Chappelle thing goal. going on in the chat that really distracted me. For a second, I thought someone said he died. Okay. And that's why I, I – I, uh, um, that's why I, I totally so, lost, lost focus. So they kicked the field goal, so now it's 17-3. He did not. Let's just make that okay. very clear. Okay. <laughs> yes, Sorry, he did not. No so problem. they kicked the field goal. The Eagles, get into their, to... the Eagles get into their, like, uh, their up-tempo – offense and this is sort of like the you know like the best version of the offense it's almost unstoppable exactly like if you're sending everybody down and jalen hurts can just run the ball um he had a bunch of easy scrambles and they get the completion to uh goddard which was a which was a tight window throw uh and a good job Mm -hmm. by by hurts on that throw and a good catch by goddard and then they score so it's 17 11 now we got to talk about this because wait wait real quick though uh and again, I don't mean to interrupt you, but and it's good. It's, I don't mean to focus. What's good for the for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> I don't mean to focus on the minutia either, but but just you know some observations here because we are going over the game. Is uh, Jalen Hurts like did uh, it? It was a very veteran move, drawing that um, unnecessary roughness, yes. drawing the late hit. Right, like he was. You know, if 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 you're Jimmy Ward, uh, you're are you Jimmy Ward. Who wants, to know? If, Who wants to know about if, me? If you're Jimmy Ward, you don't want to give him free run down the sideline, right? So, so you want to push him out of bounds. So Jalen Hurts is like he steps out of bounds right when, when Jimmy Ward's coming over. And so when Jimmy Ward hits him, he's out of bounds. Um, so Great it was job. like a, a very veteran move uh, getting those those 15 yards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... You know, we've been wondering about Nick Sirianni's commitment to, uh, you know, best practices of what we know are uh, analytically sound in-game management ideas. And it, it, it didn't seem like this was one that he was all over because at first the field goal or the extra point unit goes on the field. But then mm-hmm. he calls them off and sends on the uh, the two-point conversion, which they get. And if this is a, a new concept to you, it it makes complete sense. You know, if if it's late in the fourth quarter. Uh, you're down two scores. That means you're going to need to kick two two extra points anyway in order to tie the game. And if you think that a two-point conversion is about a 50-50 proposition, which it is, that means that you have two chances to get the, the two-point conversion. So even if you miss the first one, there's a good chance you're going to get the same result as if you had kicked two extra points. But if you make the first one, then all of a sudden you're only down six. You have a chance to win with an extra point uh if you score that second touchdown so uh it makes total sense good job by sirianni doing it they had struggled in short yardage all game long so maybe that would be a reason not to do it but they did they converted and uh they're down six then it go the niners get the ball back they need one first down to win the game basically and that second down i said to you i think they're gonna throw here and it was a good that you were like, all over it man this was this was garoppolo's best play of the game i thought um because he looked he looked off I don't think Juszczyk was his initial read, and then he hits Juszczyk for the eight-yard gain, setting up the... Is it uh, Juszczyk or Juszczyk? I think it's Juszczyk. I thought it was Juszczyk. I think it's Juszczyk, and they call him Juice. Ooh. Oh, they, okay, that's what I'm, I've heard. So you both get Juice. a point. Yep. No, 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 I don't get a point. I mispronounced his name. I mean, you're... I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't, don't quote me, though. Did you know he went to Harvard? I think he's oh. from like, um, or his wife is from Long Island. I think he uh, he works out by uh, Hofstra in the off season. Yeah, I think if he like if he wasn't an NFL fullback, he'd probably be uh, like a doctor or. Uh, <laughs> I should have known that that, that was where that. Was or going. like a king of finance, or. Uh, <laughs> Mistake. Maybe we would have been out of this pandemic sooner, you know, if only he wasn't playing football because he's such a genius. He went to Harvard. Okay. Oh, he's from Ohio. He's from right by right by where I am right now. <laughs> Big win for the Brownies. Here we go, Brownies. Yep. And the Panthers. 
And hashtag Marissa's Panthers all over it. 2-0. What a start. Yep. Big job by you. Yep. Uh, So that's the game. I think, uh, you know, was there anything else from from post-game that we should talk about before we get to sort of big picture, Zach? No. uh, You know, the... The the veterans were really, uh, you know, I I think the the term heartbroken is what Fletcher Cox might have said. Yeah, he's the and man. Yeah, he's so the so they they felt it about Brendan Graham. Jalen Hurts uh, was just very. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to get like after a game. I don't want to be like cliche sports writer complaining about like you know press conference answers. And for the most part, like, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't give a lot at the podium. And, and I don't begrudge it. Fine. I don't begrudge him yeah. that. The one thing that I that does bother me a little bit is when he gets asked, like, specific football questions. And he won't he, – he can't be bothered to answer those either. Like, you know, what did you see on this? Like, you're not giving away game plan stuff if you say, like, what – like, you were reading about the defense that you saw – that's the one thing where I wish he would just he would give a little bit more. Fair enough. I don't know. Okay, is that unfair? Uh, it, it is very cliche sports writer ish, but uh, if that's what you think, right, you can say it. Yeah, I don't know. That's not a like. I'm sorry, I'm not, that he's I, not I, like I'm spilling the... his personal guts. You know. Yeah. You know, give give a little like he, he was asked about the like. What was the, the the play on the Quez Watkins throw? And he all he just said, like, he said was, like, I gave him a chance to make a play. Like, give me a little something. Like, you know, we're backed up. We, we, we've we got, you know, we think Quez can beat anybody in the league one-on-one. We think he's the fastest guy. And so to give him a shot one-on-one, we thought that was a good chance. And, and you know, he made a nice play. It was like he wouldn't even give that. I don't know. He's giving the answer he wants, not the answer you want. Okay. That's fine. You're asking him the question, right? Don't give him the script. <laughs> Sorry, I I, I, I feel bad. I, I screwed up Yuschek's name. That's um, what you feel bad about? Yeah, because I I believe I. But in my head, you know, I I and I kept seeing today they were calling him Juice, so I I thought it was Juice Check, but I guess that's just his nickname. And in any event, my fault there. Uh, where did? How about Daniel Brunskill go to school? I don't know. Oh, Neither. he did. He did play in the AAF. Oh, do I get credit for that? I guess you do. Well, you certainly get more credit than Zach got. Sorry, yeah, Zach. I, I, no, no, that's no problem. <laughs> I should know that, but I did not know that. He went to San Diego State. That's a tough one. All right, give me a. a yeah, give me a, another one just so it doesn't keep me up. Like that. <laughs> How about Josh Norman? Uh, down in, uh, was it Coastal Carolina or was it, um, no, it wasn't Coastal. It was, yeah, was it Coastal Carolina? Yes, Coastal Carolina. Nice job. Okay. Okay, okay. you can sleep. You can sleep. Okay. All right, so let's let's close with this. Uh, big picture. Now that mm-hmm. you have seen the Eagles through two games, first of all, did this game change your opinion of them based on what you thought heading into the game? And how do you feel about them overall? So so big picture, I, I look at it this way. Number one, uh, they, uh, this was, they played well enough to beat a team that was I think at the sixth best odds or thereabouts to win the Super Bowl going into the year, right? So this is a really good team they're playing against, and I know the 49ers were missing players, but if you just if 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 you didn't know anything about either team going into the game, oh, we lost, lost Marissa. Marissa. Um, now the wheels can really come off. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, you did not know anything about either team going into the game, and you were just watching it, you would say. Like the Eagles are very much in San Francisco's territory, or San Francisco's not as as good as we thought. So uh, I, I I think the 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 way that they competed against a good team shows that that they're going to be in the mix in the NFC East. That said, they are not good enough to lose games that 
they're capable of winning, especially at home, right? Like this is one of these games that down the uh, 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 down the road they will regret because uh, I mean they're not going to be like a twelve win team in my opinion, right? So She's hey, welcome back. back, welcome back. I just had a panic attack. No, no problem at all. Streamyard just like totally cut out, and I'm like, oh my god, is it still going? <laughs> You're pulling a whole I'm glad you guys were okay with that. That woke me up. That gave me a second wind because I was having a panic attack. So, fifty-six are... minutes into the episode, Marissa is finally awake. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so yeah, so I I look at it like uh, you know this is one they're they're really going to 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 regret because it it was a winnable game that got away from them. That said, I, I still think they're going to be in the mix for the NFC East. This is. A bad division, as we saw Thursday night. Uh, I I didn't watch the Cowboys game today. I only saw the end of it, but the Cowboys narrowly won that game. Uh, it's it's going to be a big game, obviously, uh, down there Monday. But I I think the Eagles are, are going to be in the mix. I, I, I just think uh, you can look at it like a credit to them for hanging with San Francisco, but discredit to them for not being able to pull out this win. Yeah, I think this is, I think this is a learning curve game. Um you know, I think Nick Sirianni has to learn some lessons from this game about uh, his play calling and about the game plan. Uh, and I think, you know, this is a this is a team that is both old and young at the same time. And like the young the young guys uh, made some mistakes in this game. And so, I guess so did the old guys, too. Um, it doesn't really change my opinion. I, I think I like big picture. I think this was still a, a, a positive takeaway from like the state of the team week one wasn't a total fluke they really did like they they arguably should have won this game against the 49ers which would have been you know a very nice win um like the offense it's okay nick sirianni is not some like uh like genius who's gonna have a great game plan every week okay we learned that yeah uh jalen hurts did not completely change who he is okay we learned that but the defense, I think, still has a chance to be pretty good. I think the offense can still be interesting, and as you said, like the defense is uh, the the division is still very much there for the taking. So, uh, to me, like if you had if I if I watched these two games before Week One, I feel better than I did before the start of the season. I think this team could still uh, win the division. I think the Giants stink. I think Washington is not good, and you know. Dallas, if they stay healthy, is probably the favorites. Uh, are the favorites? But that's like that's fine. I think I think overall you're feeling you're feeling pretty good as a whole. If you're the Eagles, you've you've got some some uh, injuries that are that are tough. Hopefully not decapitating. But uh, and this 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 loss hurts. But yeah. overall, I think it's well. Fine. Eh. Well, going into the year, first off, we both said like the early portion of the schedule is more unforgiving yeah, than tough. the latter portion of the schedule. So that's that's one thing to look at. The other thing is, as we said, going into the year, that the the top half of their roster is 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 good competitive, right? It's they they lack depth now. Like we mentioned, they lost key guys at spots where they have depth, but. The, the group is thinning quickly, right? Like there's, you know, if there's one more injury at defensive end, then all of a sudden your strength is no longer a strength. If if uh, if there's an, uh, sure. another injury on the interior offensive line, right? Like if if Kelsey went down now, for instance, right? That changes the equation. So uh, I know you can say that with most teams, right? That if if you lose two guys at a spot or something like that, but um, it's something to pay attention to because I, I don't think this is a particularly deep team. I think that's fair. All right. Well, Zach, I guess that's all we got. I believe, actually, I believe you and I uh, tied in Super Sorecasting this week. I think we both hit two. We did. We did. Congratulations to us. We did. I, 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 had, far more confidence in, I had far more confidence in Trey Lance than... Yeah, no. Forty Niners apparently did. By yeah. the way, I like until that last drive of the first half, I thought there was a chance that they might pull Jimmy G at halftime. He was missing a ton of open open receivers. So Trey Lance, I think, comes comes in soon enough. Anyway, 
One quick thing, not to pander to uh, fans, but don't pull a Sirianni. Uh, it was uh, it was great, like like being at that in the stadium with with fans there. It didn't feel normal last year, like walking from. What do you think of the white shirts? What's up with I had that? No issue with it. I mean, it's not like the Eagles were wearing What's... white though. Like that's like Penn State last night. Yeah, about right? some green shirts. Yeah, they were. Wearing... It might be pretty hot, you know. You know, to wear green shirts. Come up on, there. I don't know. It's not I don't black, know. Uh, green is fine. <laughs> they should have been green but, shirts. Uh, they should have matched the colors of the guys on the field. The 49ers were in okay. white. And speaking of which, fair actually, uh, there were a ton of 49ers fans at this game. There were. I well, that's I like, do that, not remember ever seeing that many fans, like from the opposing team at an Eagles game. It's been a long time. Well, San Francisco has not come in that often, right? They were here in 2017 when they were not very good. Um, that was actually the day before, two days before they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. That was C.J. Beathard. And then, uh, yeah, they they really didn't come in that that uh, that often. So I, I do think they have a large contingent, you know, especially people who were coming of age during the 80s and the 90s when they were elite, right? So that... That didn't necessarily surprise me, but it was it was great walking to the uh, the it was it was great parking the car, walking through you know tailgates, seeing uh, feeling that that at that. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's late. That juice feeling check. the energy. Yeah, it it was uh it was an exciting situation. Mar- Marissa, um, quick question. As the uh, yep. as the highlight comes on here, how did Zach Wilson do today? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, so actually, our um, Jets host um, is Never heard on of paternity leave. So mm. I have been hosting the Jets podcast with Connor Hughes. So yeah, tomorrow morning, nine a.m. That should be a fun one. Depending oh, they're not. They're, he's not dedicated enough to do a, a podcast <laughs> the day of the game. That's interesting. Thank God. He, he actually he actually had TV in the city, so we did not do it today. Thank God. Um, oh, that's a flex right there. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah. Four interceptions. Um uh, you, I'm actually you'll never see write... a guy who can throw interceptions like this. So so I have the run their rundown open. Um and I was trying to get creative and maybe I should have Bo help me write this. Something about because you got booed and you know there's the whole scene He got goes, booed? Oh, he got booed nice. like big time. He got booed big time, and you know the whole Sam Darnold seeing ghost things last when he played the yep. Patriots at home for the first time. So basically, I wanted to write a lead into the podcast, something about it's not even October, and we're talking ghosts and booze and nice, along those nice. Lines. <laughs> but I'm really tired, so I might just say <laughs> that's pretty good. Four interceptions, but. Yeah, it was it was a rough day for us. I like that. And the By the way, there's a chance here, and it might be a pretty good chance. And this is Marissa's Panthers. Um, that uh, <laughs> hashtag like that like Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than than Wilson, and the problem was Adam Gase and and not Sam Darnold. I mean, right? like that. Did we not see it with Tannehill? Like, there's precedent, <laughs> exactly. right? Had, yeah, that was, like, that was uh, last year. Hashtag Marissa's Titans. <laughs> It's like exactly. I'm following Gates' exactly. old quarterback. Yeah. yeah. That's a good strategy. That is a good strategy. But, just take the over on yeah, Gates' failures. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, he had, what, 300 yards today against that Saints D? Yeah. Uh, they're 2-0, oh, so yep. no, it's, it's it's something to think about. Definitely, for sure. Yeah, not, not good uh, for your franchise quarterback to be booed on his first start at home. So. I wonder how his mom's going to take it. No comment. <laughs> uh, I'm going to no give I'm going to give some very uh, uh, specific details for the uh, for the sickos out there because uh, I know Dennis is still listening, even though he was at the game and probably uh, took note of all these things himself. Some changes from Jonathan Gannon uh, personnel wise on defense last week. It was Eric Wilson and T.J. Edwards as the base linebackers with Alex Singleton coming on the field for Edwards and Nickel. And then Sean Bradley ended up replacing Eric Wilson in the base defense in the second half. This week, it was Alex Singleton and TJ Edwards as the base linebackers. And then Eric Wilson came on for TJ Edwards in nickel. So Singleton was a three-down linebacker. Although Davion Taylor came in 
late in the second quarter and looked like he was replacing Alex Singleton as the base linebacker with Edwards. He got hurt, so then it stayed as Singleton and Edwards and Singleton and Wilson in uh, nickel. So Eric Wilson, a bit of a demotion for him, this guy that they brought in. Um, Epps and Kayvon Wallace split reps at the second safety spot. I think it was 40 snaps for Wallace, 30 for Epps, and there was a bunch of rotation on the defensive line, as you would expect. Patrick Johnson had 11 snaps, um, while Avery had 39. And then on offense, it was uh, Rager had the second most snaps, a wide receiver. Um, Quez had the third most. A lot of Greg Ward in this game, much more than last week, and not as much J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And it was about 75% 11 personnel for the Eagles in this game. They did not play much 12, and they did not throw to the tight ends much at all. Only three catches combined for Ertz and Goddard. So, uh just some notes to wrap that up. Uh, and and then real quick, because I, I, I know draft pick watch is, is something that fans are into. Uh, Carson Wentz, ankle injury in Indianapolis. We'll find out the extent of it, but he left that game early. Colts are 0-2. And then the Dolphins, uh, something to watch because the Eagles have their first round pick. Tua carted off the field, ribs injury. We'll see what happens there. Uh, they are 1-1, one one, so something to track. Yes. Good news for both draft picks. All right, Zach, uh, we will be back on Tuesday, even though uh, everything moves back this week uh, for the Eagles. Everything is pushed back. So I think we're going to go Tuesday, Friday this week, most likely, although we will we will set that in stone. Well, Eight o'clock Tuesday night will be our next pod. You can watch live on YouTube or you can just listen and it'll be in your ears. Right, Zach? Correct. I'm trying to see. I'm, I'm stalling because I'm hoping that the uh, 49ers – Man coverage versus zone coverage uh, percentage is going to be updated on True Media, but it doesn't look like it's going to get there just in time. Oh, well. Anything else we needed to pay attention to? You want to go to sleep? No, we'll... You're yeah, desperate to close I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got to get up pretty early. I, I uh, But I enjoyed this pod and looking forward to doing a much better job next like on uh, Tuesday night. I'll have more juice then. Juice check. I'll be a juice check Tuesday. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, for Sheil and Marissa and Zach, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.